Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. We're in the midst of National Library Week with the theme, Libraries Transform. It's an appropriate theme, too, because libraries have had to transform themselves. Today's technology has dictated it. Libraries, whether they are public, school, or academic libraries, are not just rows and rows and stacks of books any longer. Today's library is more of an information hub. To discuss today's libraries and the library of tomorrow are Kathy Silks, project manager of PA Forward Pennsylvania Library, a project of the Pennsylvania Libraries Association. Kathy, welcome to the program. Good morning. Also joining us is Rob Lusher, the executive director of the Dauphin County Library Association. Rob, welcome to the program. Good morning, Scott. Let me tell our listeners at home, if you have a question about libraries here in Pennsylvania, maybe across the country, give us a call. 1-800-729-7532 or send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. All right. This is something, libraries are something that uh, I think we all have fond memories of. Maybe not, maybe not as many as we what we would like, but most of us have fond memories of going to the library with our parents, with uh, our classmates. Classmates. But, Kathy, how is today's library different than the library that I went to when I was a child? Well, there are a lot of uh, things that are the same, but they're done differently. I think that's, uh, that's kind of the, the direction. Because today's libraries um, help our citizens access information of all kinds. Uh, they help us learn new skills. They help us make more informed decisions in our lives. But they do that in a variety of ways. They do it through community programs, through outreach to the community, through, of course, print, but also online resources. And best of all, what I think of as our society's information access experts, and that's the mm -hmm. librarians that work there. They're trained information access experts. And in today's society, who could be more important than that? Yeah. <laughs> well, you just elevated librarians. I've been yeah. talking to politicians for uh, the last few weeks. And I think you've elevated librarians all the way up there. Every politician needs at least <laughs> one librarian. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, they maybe do. even on their staff. <laughs> maybe on their staff. <laughs> but they don't need them yeah. on their staff because librarians are accessible to politicians <laughs> just like the rest of us. <laughs> so I, the way I think of it is every day, all of across Pennsylvania. Public libraries, college and university libraries, school libraries help people build the skills they need to be successful in today's society, whether that's as a citizen, a consumer, a lifelong learner, an employee, an employer, a parent, a student. Libraries are where any of us can go to build the skills that we need to be successful in this very demanding world mm -hmm. that we live in. And they do that by building people's skills around what we at the Pennsylvania Library Association think of as the five essential literacies. We've identified them as basic literacy, information literacy, civic and social literacy, health literacy, and financial literacy. And through all of those programs and resources that libraries offer, any of us can get smarter in any of those areas that we need to by using a library. And we're mm -hmm. going to talk specifically about mm -hmm. all those things yeah. that you just listed. Mm -hmm. uh, you said, though, that uh, the library really isn't that much different. It's just done differently. But 
what you also described uh, as far as helping us to be better citizens, uh, all those literacies that you mentioned, that really isn't that much different. So how is it done differently? It's done differently because people are accessing information in a wider variety of ways than they used to. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people still think of libraries because I hear them say this all the time, well, that's where you go to get a romance novel. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But it's also where you can go to uh, prepare yourself if you're job hunting. Um, in today's world, and this has changed dramatically mm -hmm. over the last, I'd say, three to five years, you can't apply for a job anywhere other than online for many jobs. And a lot of people either don't have the skills to do that or they don't have a computer at home. Um, I can tell you when I walk into Dauphin County's mm -hmm. libraries, um, the ones that I use most frequently, I literally never see a computer that is not in use. And they're in use by young people who are working on projects and doing homework, but they're also being accessed by people who are trying to find work, who are building their job readiness skills. Um, and I hear librarians helping people with that every, pretty much every time I go into a library, which is awesome. How does a, libra how does a librarian help someone in searching for a job? Rob? Oh, in searching for a job? Well, <clears throat> as Kathy mentioned, we have our computers um, in all of our libraries. And our staff is trained to help the individual to, A, um, to apply for a job, you actually have to have an email account. Mm. And so if you don't have a personal email account, the libraries can help you to register for that account and, and teach you how to use an email. Uh, if you don't know how to actually search the sites where jobs are listed, the librarian will walk you through, teach you how to do the best search, teach you the types of terms that you would need to um, to narrow your search down to the jobs that you're looking for, and then actually help you walk through the process of doing the application, which is done online. It may surprise some people, though, that it just seems like everyone has access, access to technology today, whether it be a computer in the home, whether it be a mobile phone, or a tablet that so many people have access and they access the internet. And so this leads to another question that, mm -hmm. um, and you know there are people out there who say, well, libraries just aren't relevant like they used to be because of so much access to technology. What do you say well, to people like that? Well, Scott, fundamentally, as Kathy mentioned earlier, the library's mission today is the same as it was 100 years ago. We help to connect people to the information that they need. Today that, informa uh, today, that information is no longer just found in books. So that information is on a website. That information may be in a database. That information may actually be in books, but people need that interaction with a person to be able to connect to that. And that's what libraries do, is we connect people to the information that they're looking for. And Scott, I can give you a, a great example from you know my I own life. Examples, <laughs> well, I could give you a real life one from from my own life. Uh, close to a year ago, my husband came home from a medical appointment with one sheet of paper 
that told us um, that it had been discovered that he had small cell lung cancer mm -hmm. and it had metastasized. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I came home from work and he handed me this paper and I looked at it and I can't begin to tell you the terror that I felt. Now, if I didn't know about libraries as resources, if I didn't have friends at the National Network of Libraries Medicine who taught me where to go for the most accurate health information, I would have Googled that. And I can tell you I would have been sent in a wild variety of mm -hmm. directions, some of which would have been appropriate and accurate and some of them wouldn't. But I took a couple of deep breaths, and I remembered that my beloved librarian friend, Lydia Collins, in Pittsburgh, <laughs> mm -hmm. told me about this incredible online resource that I could trust. And that's what I went to. And a few minutes later, I felt a bit better because I understood the words that were on that paper and what was likely to come next for Bob and what we could expect, and, and I shared that with him. I would not have had that experience if I hadn't been trained where to go by a librarian. That's mm -hmm. a real-life example of how librarians can help an individual get to exactly what they need. I often sit in meetings with librarians, as Rob knows. I have a lot of meetings with librarians, mm -hmm. and it's always fun for me to watch what happens when a question comes up in the meeting that people don't know the answer to. When did such and such happen? Who was the person that did such and mm -hmm. such? And I count how many seconds it takes for somebody around that table to get the absolute correct answer and more to embellish it. Because librarians, as I said, they are our society's information access experts. What could be more important in today's society, when we're all bombarded with so much information, where do you go for mm -hmm. the most accurate um, and and you know exactly what you need to make the decision that you need or build a skill that you're trying to work on? In a way, what you're describing is institutional knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think that uh, we as a society often are missing mm -hmm. because, yep. you know, we have relied so much on the technology yep. that it really is helpful to have a person who can say, yeah, I remember this. This is how we did it. And here's, yep. you know, what we're experiencing right now. This isn't the first time it's happened. Uh, you know, back mm -hmm. in uh, 1982, mm -hmm. we had a similar situation. Here's how we handled it. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's in a lot of ways what you're describing. I mean, we run into yeah. that here all the time. Uh, you need a for, librarian. <laughs> for those who don't know, you know, you probably recognize Kathy Silks, for, she's a longtime WITF employee. And Kathy and I are great friends and her husband, Bob, who just recently passed away. And uh, we all uh, were very you know, that all impacted us a lot. But uh, I can see you actually doing just what you described. I didn't know that story, but uh, I can see you actually doing that. And um, what did Bob say when when you did that, when you went to the librarian of Pittsburgh? Well, I think I think it helped him because he was wondering what does all of this mean? Mm -hmm. What lies ahead? And literally in a few minutes, I mm -hmm. could go to this reliable source that I had learned about from my librarian friend. And um, 
it, it was still bad news, but it was news that I understood and, and was described to me in a way that I could process and share with him. And, you know, instead of, you know, seeing a hundred things listed on mm-hmm. Google, well, what do I go to to get right. accurate information? I, I have to admit, I've done the same thing with even, you know, a pain in the in the leg. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I've right. gone to uh, websites and Googled, and uh, you know there are like a million explanations for it. So, Rob, it is National Library Week. Yes, it is. And the theme is libraries transform, and there's not an ED on that. There's a transform, Trans- present tense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how has the Dauphin County Library been transformed? Library well, system, I should library say. System. Uh, well, the Dauphin County Library System has been transformed. Oh, um, really, we are about being beyond the books that we have traditionally been, um, that has traditionally been assumed that libraries are about. We still have collections. Um, but those collections, that collection of books, other materials, research materials, is transforming from the physical container to a digital container. Libraries have been about collecting information. And today, the transformation is we don't care what the container looks like. It could be a physical book. It could be a CD. It could be a computer database that we pay for access to. Um, It could also be a downloadable ebook. But the container is not what's important What's important is the information that's in that container. Uh, Kathy's story a, a few minutes ago about her uh, um, finding the health information is a perfect example of what library's mission has always been about, which is connecting people to, their, to the information they need. Because once they get the information, the accurate information that they need, they can take that information and create knowledge. And that knowledge can then be used um, in their everyday life to a relieve possibly some stress, or uh, creating a new product or, um, or helping the whole community solve what, a problem that is facing. Um, and also, but also, the library is also transformed because we're also beyond our walls. And libraries today, the modern 21st century library, is not about doing services just inside our four walls that we have of our libraries. We are now about taking those services out to where the people need them. I want to talk more about that in just a moment. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. We're discussing the libraries of today and the library of the future. Our guest today, Kathy Silks, project manager of PA Forward Pennsylvania Library, a project of the Pennsylvania Libraries Association, and Rob Lesher, executive director, Dauphin County Library Association. We welcome your questions and comments. Maybe you have a, a question. You're curious about the, some information that you could learn. In fact, I think you should quiz Rob and Kathy here today about something. <laughs> what a Eight hundred seven two nine seven five three two. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. You also can leave a question or a comment on WITF's Facebook page. Again, that phone number is one eight hundred seven two nine seven five three two. Rob, there were a few words that uh, both you and Kathy used that mm-hmm. I, I want to pick up on. But something to follow up on. You said we still have our collections. Mm-hmm. Do you collect? Not you personally, but the the, the library system in uh, Dauphin County. Um, 
And by the way, I should mention that Dauphin County is a good representation of other counties throughout yes. Pennsylvania. Rob's background was at the Adams County Library uh, and before Pennsylvania Library uh, Association as well. But uh, do you collect as many hardbound books as what you once did? Um, actually, we are transitioning our collection. Um, we are still buying books. And we are still buying a lot of books, um, tens of thousands of them every year. However, we are transitioning from being solely the physical book content to also collecting ebooks and e audio books. Uh, hopefully, we will be sh shortly able to offer streaming video. Um, and we are, but, but as a library, libraries are moving into the direction of circulating the ebooks, e audio books. And um, e-videos. Okay. Mm -hmm. E-books. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that uh, there are a lot of people who read their books online, mm -hmm. um, you know, that they subscribe. Um, but I also understand that you know, the regular physical, as you said, mm -hmm. in a container, hardbound book is still the most popular, right? Uh, All, yes. right. All right. Absolutely. I'm just glad to hear that you, because I like yeah. to read a book. In Dauphin, I can speak for Dauphin County. In Dauphin County, um, our e-book and e-circulation is a little bit more than 10% of, or about 10% of our total circulation. Okay. All right. Now, some other things that you mentioned. Uh, you said that the, the library of today is not just the brick and mortar building mm -hmm. that it used to be the aggregate in the, in the community. Um the first thing that came to mind when I heard about that was the old bookmobile. Now, is that what we're talking about, or are we talking about other things? They still exist. Oh, I'm sure. I still still, I've seen them. I've seen yes. them. I actually saw one just a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the, a bookmobile is, is one way that you can take a community library out and drive it around and um, actually get access. But But it's really moving beyond that in our in our um, vision of outreach services. Um, in Dauphin County, we are um, have purchased and will be implementing an outreach van. So it's a smaller vehicle. It can go to uh, daycare centers. It can go to um, um, early learning centers. It can go to senior centers. It can go to community centers. And it can take materials. It can take mobile training labs, um, like laptop labs uh, to those locations, and we can actually carry out the programs that we do in our physical locations in locations where people have, can get to for can get to more easily than they might be able to get to the physical library. That obviously is in response to today's world mm -hmm. that everything is is more mobile. People want things where they are rather than having to travel to them. Even though you know there are a lot of people mm -hmm. who still like to do that. Go ahead, you're, Scott, you're yeah, chopping I, up I, the I'm bit chopping, there. Um, what um, that word mobile is? Um, what libraries do is we take advantage of the technologies that are available, and so. Um, what the development of mobile technology allows us to do is to take our services out. So we're taking advantage of that technological development. Libraries from the earliest Mesopotamian days took advantage of the technological advances to provide library service. They, didn't have, was, a, they didn't have a bookmobile in Mesopotamia. When was the that. last time that Mesopotamia was mentioned on the Smart Talk? I have to that ask That may you. be a first. That okay. may be a first, but well, I can't guarantee uh, it. I can't, can't guarantee it, Kathy. 
But, uh, you know, if he was a send, yeah. I mean, there are other things when I hear the, yeah. my ears perk up when I hear something for the first time. But I'm glad you pointed that out. You know, now, I'd like to brag about another community outreach thing that Dolphin County Library System does. And I guess in, in full disclosure, I served on the board for quite a few mm-hmm. years here in Dolphin County. It was a great experience. Uh, one of the programs that I was proudest of um, was... The program that Dolphin County Library System does with um, the Probation and Parole Office in mm-hmm. Dolphin County, uh, research has shown that um, one of the populations that really, really wrestles with literacy skills in mm-hmm. the very youngest ages is the children of prisoners. Mm-hmm. And there are more of them than any of us are aware of, mm-hmm. uh, certainly here in Dolphin County and, and everywhere. Well, we know the prison population yes, has is, grown is over the huge. past uh, 30 so years. When you think about the children and the families that are affected by this, um, their literacy skills um, always show lower than their peers. And Dolphin County reached out in this partnership with the county probation and parole office to help get appropriate materials to those families to be helpful to those children and support them during the time when, you know, Basically, their family mm-hmm. was torn apart. That is, to me, a great example of um, using library resources to help a really needy population. Another one that I love is in Reading. Um, Scott, you probably remember that a few years ago, Reading, um, he, right here in central Pennsylvania, was named America's poorest right. city mm. and about a month later, America's unhealthiest city. Mm. I have to give a shout out to the wonderful staff at Reading Public Mm -hmm. Library because they have a rich array of programs that they do both in the library and they take out to community organizations that serve those needy populations. They do fabulous programs around all sorts of health access um, kinds of things. They do a healthy kids fair every year working with healthcare organizations. They offer um, a a program called Budgeting and Savings Basics, where they teach people how to juggle priorities, how to create and manage a budget, and even more basic than that, getting people to identify their values and personal goals that they want to work toward and help them put together a plan. That's a great practical example of a way that libraries, um, through programs, but also the print and online online resources mm-hmm. to back those things up provide incredible help to a, a large population that they're serving in their community. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. We're talking about the libraries of today in Pennsylvania and the library of tomorrow. If you have a question or comment, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at org. Our guest today, Kathy Silks, project manager of PA Forward Pennsylvania Library, and Rob Lesher, executive director of the Dauphin County Library System. one 1-800- Kathy, you were telling me something before the program, and it kind of 
segues nicely from the story you just told, is that how libraries are making an effort to reach out on the issues, not just the literacy issues, but the issues that are facing Pennsylvania. And you mentioned the opioid crisis, something that uh, we are well aware of that we've talked about many times here on this program. WITS Ben Allen has reported, done some marvelous reporting on the, the situation here in Pennsylvania. But libraries and heroin and the opioid crisis, how do the two go together? It's back to that concept of community hub that you Mm -hmm. mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, Many libraries are really taking seriously the role that they can play in bringing people together from the community to look at difficult issues. Um, Your show a couple of weeks ago on the heroin epidemic uh, was an incredible resource. And um, one of the organizations represented um, was a board member from the Center for Rural Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. They are one of our partners uh, for our PA Forward Project. And um, they have provided us with an incredible treasure of information that they have come upon in the research that they've done. And so we are encouraging librarians all across Pennsylvania to take a look at what's going on in their community, to bring together um, the resources to find out what does this problem look like where we live? What are the resources that we can bring people in touch with? Because as you pointed out in your program a couple of weeks ago, this is a problem that affects a large percentage mm-hmm. of us. Whether it's someone in our family, it might be a friend, it might be a colleague, someone we work with, it touches a lot of Pennsylvanians. And what on earth do we do about it? So um, a great example is uh, the library in Peters Township, Washington County, all the way in the southwestern part of the state. They just did a fabulous program on this issue, bringing in local experts, really taking a hard look at what is going on in our community and across our county, and what can we do about it, and how can we bring people um, to the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Libraries, and another word that I hear consistently from the two of you today is community. And when we're talking about that transformation, I don't know if it's real transformation as much as just an emphasis on the word community, that libraries, I always like to think of them, not just libraries, but there are several anchor institutions in each community. Mm -hmm. And in many communities, the library is one of the anchor institutions. And from what you're describing, it sounds like that anchor might be getting even weightier. Yeah, and I can give you. I will shut up soon. But <laughs> I've been. We wouldn't traveling. have a show if we if you did that. I've been traveling all over Pennsylvania, and I I won't mention the names of towns, but I can give you a couple of pretty graphic examples. There's a town that I visited, um, the library, um, in southwestern PA, just south of Pittsburgh. Um, I would call it a dying steel town. And when I drove toward the meeting at the library, it was during the day, during peak business hours anywhere. I drove about six or eight blocks down the main street of that town. I didn't see a single human being in my entire Mm -hmm. trip. Then I went on the street that the library was, was on, and I still didn't see a single human being on the street. When I went in the library, 
that place was teeming with activity, <laughs> all sorts of activities. There were groups meeting there. There were people doing research, perhaps looking for work. You know, I don't know exactly what they were doing. I just know that the place was was filled with activity. Um, people standing in line at the reference desk, at the checkout desk, um, a vibrant place in a community that is clearly wrestling with its present, not to mention its future. Unfortunately, there are way too many towns like that, mm -hmm. uh, not just in Pennsylvania, but across the country. I mean, I can think of three right off the top of, of my head uh, yeah. within a 60-mile radius of, of where we sit today. And uh, mm -hmm. I have to tell you that many times that, uh, Kathy, as you well know, when we would do television reports, television stories, and we were looking for people on the street to talk to. Um, one of the places that we would go is the library because... You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> because we knew that there mm -hmm. were people there who probably were a little more thoughtful than, you know, your average person on the on the street, that they are thinking about, uh, uh, they are thinking about current events. They are thinking about history. They are thinking about many of the topics that uh, we were addressing in those television shows. And that worked out very well for us. We have an email here from uh, Laura who says, I integrate a library into my classes. She's taught the students how to research and find the information they need. The quality of the students' papers has improved dramatically. It would not have happened without a library. Researching. Now, that, that's, a, that's a good testimonial there, but it's not something that most people know how to do naturally. And it would be very helpful to have someone like that. What about that, Rob? <clears throat> well, I think that that uh, a lot of people just think that when they have a question that they can go to Google, they can type in a couple of words and find the right answer. Um, Google is very much like an index in a book. If you go to the back of a book and look for the word, it's, it's where does that word show up on what the page site? Does it show what up show up on, does it pay right, right. And that's exactly how Google works. It's just showing you the page number where that word shows up. It doesn't tell you the context, doesn't tell you how, even if it's the right information or if there is an agenda um, for that material. Um, the library is all about collecting reliable information and connecting people to the right information. And so uh, people, today think that they can just find anything that they want on the internet. The unfortunate thing about it is, is that research, finding the right answer, or finding multiple people's ideas about what you're looking for, um, is often behind walls. And there's usually a payment that has to go into getting past those walls. The library gets you past those walls. Okay. You say a payment. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, talk mm -hmm. about money. Mm -hmm. uh, very first thing I saw when I did research on uh, today's library was that libraries were hit hard by the 2008 Great Recession. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, in a lot of ways, many libraries are, are still trying to make a comeback from that. Uh, Rob, when you said that uh, you're still buying lots of books, mm -hmm. 
uh, I'm curious as to whether there is a discount rate for libraries from the publishers or, you know, a group rate or bulk or anything like that? Or or do you pay full price? There is a discount. Okay. We actually, well, that's we, good. We, we buy, but we, you still buy them. But we still buy them. Yes, they're okay. not donated. That is a there's there are some people out there who feel that uh, uh, libraries uh, receive the benevolence of the publishers, but um, actually, um, libraries are one of the biggest purchasers of books in there. There are thousands and thousands of titles that are published every month that the market for the purchase of those materials is only libraries. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about money. Mm-hmm. When that statement is made that uh, libraries suffered as a result mm-hmm. of the Great Recession and still are, mm-hmm. are coming back from that, in what way, Kathy? Well, I, I'm going to use the analogy to public broadcasting. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a, libraries have a lot in common with the situation that you have had here at WITF. Um, trusted community and regional institution, a place that you go for lifelong learning. Uh, no matter what your age, you can use it for free. It's available um, online, at least, the library is, uh, 24 hours a day to anyone. Uh, however, when it comes to making sure that there are financial resources to support a strong library, a lot of people look in the other direction. Oh, somebody else will take care of that. <laughs> I remember from my WITF days uh, the the figure that 9% of the people who listened to WITF radio actually financially supported it. I'm guessing that that percentage is even lower in the library world. Um, I can tell you that on the state funding front, um, this may surprise you, We Pennsylvania actually ranks seventh out of the 50 states in its level of state funding for libraries. So uh, a good thing. That's, that's actually pretty good. Where, where the, the problem falls <laughs> is that we rank 46th in the level of local support for libraries. Um, you often talk on your show about the number of municipalities across Pennsylvania, the number of school districts across Pennsylvania. There are a lot of public libraries, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many in those small towns that I described a few minutes ago that are, are struggling financially. Uh, so where is the support for that local learning institution called a public library going to come mm-hmm. from? That's a real challenge. Well, where does it come from now? Well, um, in Pennsylvania, public libraries are funded really in two ways. One is local tax revenue or local tax, state tax revenue and fundraising. And when you asked about the um, economic downturn in 2008, um, the, those two resources were hit very hard. because With the economic downturn, there was higher unemployment, lower um, people purchasing things. So therefore, tax revenues went down. Public libraries suffered at that point in time because of because of the tax revenue. But also, at the same time, um, public libraries in Pennsylvania also rely on their fundraising arm. And fundraising was very difficult in that period of time, as, as you probably know with, with uh, public radio also. Um, and um, right now, public libraries are still recovering from that point. Dollars are tight. 
We know that. Even today, I, I mean, I could list 50 different things the state government is dealing with and 50 different causes that I'd take a look at and say, you know, that's a worthy cause. But the dollars have to go around. You know, one of the things, Kathy, you said that, um, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but uh, I often get the sense that one of the reasons that that percentage of 9% and being lower is that people take it for granted. Oh, I, I was going to use that exact phrase. Be- Absolutely. Because it's there. the library mm-hmm. has always been there, yes. and probably in most mm-hmm. people's minds, it's always going to be there. Yes. Someone else will make sure that it's it's there. I can rely on it. I don't have to personally worry about that. And that's, you know, we can't think that way. But with those dollars tight and you, taxpayer money being used, you're obviously competing against some of those other great causes. How do you do it? Well, I think that the PA Forward initiative actually. Well, let's is, yeah, let's talk about um, that. Is, I mean, you know, I, that was actually going to be my very tool. first question, but we got well, talking about so many other things. But uh, go ahead, well, you're P- the project manager. Talk about it. PA Forward <laughs> is all about communicating the value of libraries and giving libraries the tools they need to communicate that, and making sure that they are strong in terms of the the programs and resources that they're able to offer that help people build those five essential types of literacy skills um, and and building their, many libraries are building their strategic plan around the provision of those literacy skills and making decisions when um, they look at building their collection Mm -hmm. or the community programs and outreach that they offer. um, Are they focused on helping people build essential skills in the 21st century? That's really what PA Forward is all about. We have some wonderful partnerships um, that we have uh, brought together to help support libraries' work. A recent example of that, we held a financial literacy summit just a couple of weeks ago, and um, and its purpose was to help librarians better understand finances so that they could make better decisions as consumers themselves on the personal level, but also to make good financial decisions for their library and to help the people that they serve build their financial knowledge so that they make better decisions. And so our friends at the Pennsylvania Credit Union Association, the Pennsylvania Bankers Association, the Pennsylvania Institute of CPAs, they all came together providing experts to help librarians better understand financial concepts and know what resources are available to help the people in their communities. And that's not just for adults, it's for the very youngest kids. We'll talk more about those literacies in just a moment. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. We're talking about Pennsylvania's libraries. Our guest today, Kathy Silks, project manager of PA Forward Pennsylvania Library, a project of the Pennsylvania Libraries Association, and Rob Lesher, executive director of the Dauphin County Library System. We welcome your questions and comments. Give us a call, 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. You also can leave a question or a comment on witf.org or on WITS Facebook page. Again, that phone number is 1-800-729-7532. We've talked about those five literacies, and let me just review. You 
touched on it, Kathy, just a moment ago about uh, financial literacy. But basic literacy, which most people think of when they think of, of libraries, right. information, civic and social, health and financial. All right, the civic and social part of it, we'll talk about each one of these specifically, but the civic and social part of it, uh, you know, and there are so many correlations. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the program today is there are so many correlations between what we do at WITF, lifelong learning, but, uh, you know, civility, civic engagement, those kind of things. But talk about that, how libraries are involved in promoting civic and social literacy. Well, many of them uh, do programs around voter education. Mm -hmm. Um, I know libraries that actually bring candidates Mm -hmm. in just like you do on air Mm -hmm. um, and give people in the community a chance to hear what they have to say, um, to hold their feet to the fire (laughs) on issues and and be able to ask questions. Um, I can give you an example of a library out near Pittsburgh that um, offers a series of classes called Civics 101 for Grownups and walks people through understanding the U.S. Constitution, understanding um, the Bill of Rights, laws, and the courts. Um, How does the court system work? um, And what does that mean to me (laughs) as as a citizen? um, you know, again, back to the, the heroin epidemic, um, learning about what resources are available mm-hmm. in, in the area. Um, I think of libraries as kind of our information and referral services. Um, mm-hmm. Librarians are typically very, very savvy and knowledgeable about um, the, org- the help organizations in their area and, and help to bring people together yeah. with that information. Yeah. And um, also, in so, uh, another uh, program that um, occurs in public libraries around the state um, are also even candidate education uh, programming, where uh, libraries have created programs where potential candidates can learn what they need to know to actually file to run yeah, for to office. to run for office. Oh, I thought you were going to like give them background on the issues. I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> uh, we have an email here that says, I'm a retired librarian from a Blue Star system in New Jersey, and I now volunteer at the Columbia Library doing a preschool PAL story time and craft program. The importance of early literacy has not been mentioned in the program, and library programming for infants through teens is very important to make them lifelong readers and library patrons, not to mention filling in where public schools are cutting back on art and music programs. My colleagues run family craft and literacy programs in the evening, and we have a young adult book club. All interaction with the library from the earliest of ages provide a base for success in school and a successful interaction with the community and the world at large. Programming for kids is a lot more than listening to a story. It provides the literacy skills on which to build throughout a lifetime. And that is a perfect testimonial of what Mm -hmm. we're talking about, but going back to basic Mm -hmm. literacy. I couldn't say it any better than that person did. It's it's a right. perfect example. Uh, we have found through our research that good readers make good citizens, and that begins at the very youngest ages. Uh, regular readers 
we found are more than twice as likely as non-readers to volunteer or do charity work. Uh, Most people don't realize that. Um, Good readers generally have more financially rewarding jobs. Our research has found that proficient readers are two and a half times as likely as basic readers to earn $850 or more per week, and that comes out to almost $45,000 a year. So that's what our research Mm -hmm. has shown us. Those good reading skills are essential to success in all areas of life. But, but Rob, mm-hmm. the story time that she, that those things still exist, that may be a way to kind of get kids in, but right. she's so right about those early reading skills. Well, a story time is so much more than just someone reading a book to, to a uh, preschooler. Um, there is no activity that a public library does, I, in my personal opinion, that's more important than our uh, task of getting children ready for school. Uh, in Dauphin County, we have a program that we uh, call Cruise into Kindergarten. And what that uh, program involves is not only getting children the skills they need. There's a simple skill of, of learning how to read a book. Not, I mean, the simple task of how do you hold a book and turn a page is learned in story time. Um, not just learning the vocabulary, hearing the words, seeing the words, seeing the pictures, seeing a story um, unfold before them. There are actual um, kinesthetic activities that occur to learn how to learn in those programs. Cruising to Kindergarten focuses on those skills that kids need to start school, but also focuses on what parents need to know for their kids to get ready for school. You know, I, Kathy, as you know, I like to tell stories. No. (laughs) But I I can remember the first word I learned in a book. Oh, Oh. I love it. The word was look. Oh, I love it. Big, big book. Mm -hmm. My mom showed it to me and L O O K, Mm -hmm. look. I can still picture that. So, you know, now I'm going back in time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Scott, I'd like to take this a step further. I, a year or so ago, came upon some fascinating research about something else that reading skills do that I'd never given any thought to. And that is um, that a number of studies suggest that reading books can affect social skills, emotional intelligence, and behavior throughout life. In other words, Research is showing that reading builds empathy. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you, Scott, are, I know you're interested in this because empathy is so important in every part of our lives. And research that has been doing is, is underway all around the world is showing that kids, even before they learn to read, simply listening to stories from books actually helps to build empathy because it mentally forces them to think about being in somebody else's shoes. So re- even reading fiction, you know, you think, well, well, what could good could that be? It entertains you. Well, in fact, reading fiction at the very earliest age gets you thinking about how somebody else thinks and behaves and reacts to things. Um, so all of those books that you read as a little mm-hmm. guy helped to form mm-hmm. the the well-informed <laughs> guy that you are today. Well, <laughs> this fascinates how, me. How, how better can you be transformed exactly. than to learn the experience of someone different than yourself? Yep. Are you turning it back to the theme of 
National Library Week? <laughs> just a little. Uh, just a little <laughs> He's bit. He's so good. Full circle. <laughs> I was going to say, Barbara from York sent us an email, and we, we did touch on this a little bit, but, uh, you know, we talked about how many people rely on computer smartphones and tablets to access information, but keep in mind, not all people have those things, uh, that yeah. most of us take it for granted, but not everyone has one. So you kind of touched on this, but... Uh, those who may not have access to it, mm -hmm. those who are from low-income low families, uh, maybe there's not a school library in their schools. That something has been cut back That's on. That's right. That uh, this, you know. In fact, mm -hmm. let me do, let me just interrupt myself for a second. You know, we've talked a lot about public libraries mm -hmm. and them as community institutions, but as part of this, we're also talking about the academic and also the school libraries. Mm -hmm. That there are. There are students who go to the library on campus or in their school, if they have one, every day for research. Are those libraries, I know that the, the campus ones are for the most part, but are in public schools, are those libraries keeping up with the times, being modern, looking to the future? I think they're challenged, mm -hmm. uh, many of them. Uh, yeah. that, that's that's an area that really needs attention. Um, and it, it's, uh, again, you know, taking the library for granted and thinking, you know, do we really need a librarian to, to run that library? Mm -hmm. A lot of school districts are making that hard decision um, that, you know, that that mm -hmm. isn't necessarily the case. Yes, yeah, Scott, I'm, as a, as a public librarian, um, our public libraries have a very specific mission. And our mission is to provide lifelong learning for the entire community. Our school libraries have a very different mission. And that mission is to support the curriculum of that school district. And same for an academic library. Its mission is to, is to support the curriculum of that college or university. It's each of the different libraries, um, we have different missions fundamentally we use many of the same tools, but what our ultimate goal is is slightly different. Um, and and uh, I have to concur with Kathy that in, in the school library area, it's a bit challenged right now. It's quite challenged right now. Um, again, with the funding concerns for education um, and um, our school... Um, our school librarians find themselves without the resources sometimes to carry out the jobs that they need to do. We have about uh, 90 seconds left. Uh, Cindy from Dillsburg, really good question. Library is not necessarily a community archive, but how do you balance what you have room for to keep on the shelves with past, present, and future? Rob? 90 seconds, huh? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> um, less now. Not less now. Um, <laughs> it's a tough balance, um, but um, the important thing is is maintaining the things that aren't available anywhere else. And there are things that are available digitally, but there are definitely treasures that are in all of our public libraries that the physical container is still important for. Well, because I often see, and I know these aren't huge fundraisers because there are books that are discounted, uh, you know, mm -hmm. for, for very inexpensively, but that I imagine is how sometimes that you have to, uh, you know, make that exchange of, of what's new and what's not, you know, mm -hmm. selling some of the old books. Oh, yes. Um, and uh, it, it, a public library and any library is a dynamic collection, and it needs to change and grow over time or else it's not useful for the public. 
Well, I want to thank both of you for being with us today. Kathy Silks is uh, the project manager with uh, PA Forward Pennsylvania Library. Rob Lesher, executive director of the Dauphin County Library System. Thank both of you, and I encourage our listeners, go to the library today, or at least this weekend. How about that? Great idea. Great idea. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up on uh, tomorrow's program, we continue elections 2016. We have the four Republican candidates in the 31st State Senate District.